Good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we are hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Egyptian Licorice Tea from Yogi. The great pharaohs of Egypt treasured licorice root for its natural sweetness, rich flavor, and soothing properties. Yogi Egyptian Licorice Tea combines this delicious herb with an intriguing blend of complementary spices, including warming cinnamon and zesty orange peel. Enjoy a delicious cup of Yogi Egyptian Licorice Tea for a tasty treat anytime, day or night. So sit back with your cup of tea and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. A warm teacup welcome to all those who are joining in with us today for Tea Time with Tommy. Let me begin by saying a big thank you to Brother Joseph for sharing a cup of joe with us last week. What a tremendous encouragement he drew from the closing of chapter 2 of Hebrews. And who knows where the Lord might lead us as we continue to walk through scriptures together. Hebrews might come up at some point as we share these tea time journeys. But now as we've wrapped up the book of Ruth, and after much prayer and conversation with others, I think for the next few weeks at least, I want us to draw some encouragement from really the greatest thing possible. Certainly studying more of God's Word is so powerful, so enlightening to us, but I want us to look even deeper, and we're going to be drawn closer to the Lord Himself as we will begin studying some of the names of God that are found in the Scriptures. You know, I've been called peculiar before. <clears throat> One of my favorite passages, 1 Peter chapter 2, 9, Scripture calls us peculiar people. And I'm okay with that. What Scripture is actually teaching us there is that we are a people for God's own possession. We are His children. We are His own, a purchased possession of the Savior, if you will. But peculiar, all the same, carries over into the fact that there is not one religion that exists other than Christianity that can boast about having a God who is alive, who is active in the lives of His followers, of His children, of His people. Christianity is the only religion where God is alive. Every quote-unquote faith founder that once walked the earth is already dead and gone. Every stone or wooden God that was worshipped never took a breath of air. And you can only have a personal relationship with a living God. So where better to start our study of the names of God than with the glorious Hebrew name of Elohim Chayim, the living God. Let's start digging deep into the names of God today. Elohim, or Elohe in some areas, is the first name for God found in the Bible. It's used throughout the Old Testament. In fact, there are more than 2,300 times that we see Elohim or Elohe. Now, Elohim comes from the Hebrew root meaning strength. It means power. 
And it has an unusual characteristic of being in the plural form. And there'll be more on that as we go through these names together. But in Genesis 1-1, this is what we read. In the beginning, God. Okay? But in the Hebrew, it is in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Right from the start, the fourth word in Scripture gives us the plural form for the name of God used to describe the one God. This beautiful mystery is uncovered completely for us throughout the rest of the Scriptures. And all throughout, Elohim is combined with other words that describe the certain characteristics of God. Elohim Chayim. The living God, active and engaged in our everyday life. Elohim Chayim is the source of life. Without the living God, we wouldn't have life. John 5.26 reminds us that only God has life in himself, and only God can give life to others. God does not only give life, but he is the means by which all life is sustained. We read that in Genesis 2, Psalm 66, again in the New Testament in Acts 17. Elohim Chayim is the true God who is alive. Because in Job 34, we're reminded that Elohim Chayim sees. In Hebrews, we're reminded that he speaks. In Genesis, again, we're reminded that he listens. In Galatians 6, he reacts to toward his people, to reward righteousness, but also to punish evil. In Isaiah, he feels what men feel. In Jeremiah, he thinks, he plans. Elohim Chayim, the God of power. As the Bible clearly teaches, only a living God can have power. One example of that power is in Daniel chapter 6, where it's recognized by the Persian king Darius after Daniel was not eaten by the lions. And he therefore made a decree that the God of Daniel, the living God who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. After some exhaustive research for uh, the last couple of days, so far I have found 14 uses of Elohim Chayim, in the Old Testament alone. There's one uh, theologian who has said there's 30. Uh, I found uh, some, during some research, I found someone else who said there wasn't quite 30. And then one that said there were more than 30. But again, just in my short time of digging through, uh, I found 14 uses. I wish that I could list them all for you. Uh, but I'm not going to take the time to do that today. But we're going to go back to that first use for a few minutes this morning. It's what I'd like for us to read together today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, we're going to be looking at where the children of Israel, uh, continuing in the midst of their wanderings, they've just reviewed, so to speak, the commandments that had been given in Exodus 20. And this is their response to Moses. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 5. I'm going to begin reading in verse 23. 
So it was when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And you said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more than we shall die. For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? You go near and hear all that the Lord our God may say and tell us all that the Lord our God says to you and we will hear and do it. Now notice Moses begins with you've heard the voice and the people uh, in their most recent encounter with God is responding to that and how they feared his presence and are asking Moses to be that mediator. Uh, the first verse we read, the whole scene is so awesome that the Lord spoke, there was fire, a cloud, darkness, and his voice, a loud voice. And it made such an impression on the nation of Israel that they then came to Moses in response and said, you speak to God because we can't handle it when he speaks directly to us. In verse um, 25, why should we die? If we hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, we shall die. Well, uh, that that fear, that that power of hearing his voice in the darkness, seeing that fire, that cloud. The Mount Sinai experience was not one of that sweet fellowship with God, but it was a message that was, God wasn't saying, come unto me, but saying, stay away for I am holy and you are not, uh, as they interpreted it. And so they came uh, to Moses and asked him to be that mediator, that intercessor, if you will. And certainly... As children of God today, we know that Christ came as our intercessor. Uh, verse 26, again, For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Now, studying through, one commentary writes uh, about verse 26 this way, He who lives in and of himself and is the author and giver of life to all his creatures whereby he is distinguished from and is opposed unto the lifeless deities of the Gentiles, which makes him and his voice heard the more awful and tremendous, and is especially as which was this present case. The people were speaking in fear of the power of the living God. And I find it so exciting, so encouraging to us that it was this nation, the Israelites, who first in Scripture called God the living God. You go near, verse 27, you go near and hear all that the Lord our God may say and tell us all that the Lord our God says to you and we will hear and do it. The living, verse 26, as I read, the voice of the living God. They knew the voice of God. They recognized that they needed that mediator for his life, the life force, the voice of the living God is beyond measure.
We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. He is alive. God is life. Elohim Chayim, our living God. This is where that name was introduced here in Deuteronomy. His chosen people had seen him. They had seen the works of his hand. They heard his voice in the darkness. And they went to Moses and said, you talk to God. Our encouragement today as we begin this journey through the names of God is to be reminded of Elohim Chaim. God is alive. And he gave us a mediator. His name is Jesus. We can hear God's voice because Christ, again, that plural form, the Godhead three in one, Christ is not only our mediator, but Christ is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One of those 14 other references to the name that is found in one of my favorite passages, 1 Samuel. Uh, I, I, I know that uh, if I gave you a passage every day of the week, uh, of one of these, that would be so much fun. But again, I only have a few minutes. And in First Samuel, uh, I've already written a whole sermon series on this passage. Uh, but I want to pull out from it today and be reminded that when Goliath was challenging David and his God, what did David do? His response was he arose with anger and challenged Goliath by asking this question. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who are you, Goliath? My God is alive. Job also reminds us, as he was going through all the pain and the suffering, but he never allowed that pain to make him forget that God is alive. Because in the midst of his sufferings, in Job 19.25, he said these words, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that he shall stand at last on the earth. Oh, my dear friends, I don't know who Goliath, quote-unquote, might be in your life right now. I don't know what challenges you're dealing with. Perhaps there's family challenges, perhaps there's financial challenges, perhaps there's health challenges, or something that we don't even know or can't uh, list, but there's a challenge. Be encouraged today. Your Goliath will fall because of Elohim Chaim, our living God. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. I don't know about you, but I am so excited for this new series exploring just some of the names of God. Through his names, we learn more about God's character. The living God, God is alive and therefore he has power. No matter our circumstance or the giant we may face today or in the days to come, because our God is a living God, we can rest assured that he is active, powerfully working for us and not against us. Elohim Chayim, what a beautiful name it is. We look forward to spending time with you next week, but until then, may your cup overflow with his blessings.